Welcome to Slayer Fest 98. I'm your host, Ian Carlos Crawford. And I'm your other host, Matthew Rodriguez. And today we are joined by returning guests. Say hi. Hello. Dana, Hello. Dana and Latoya from last week. Um, it's us. Yay. <laughs> um, we've been sitting here for a week. Um, <laughs> a we... long week. I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> we've, we've kept them in isolation. I'm hungry until... and my, my diaper's full. So <laughs> ah, After 10,000 years, I'm free. Time to discuss. <laughs> um, so last week we discussed... Um, Oh, part one of this two-parter, we discussed this year's girl. Today we are here to discuss who are you. Um, yeah, Matthew, do you want to bring us into the episode? Um, my notes are not as copious on this episode because I think I watched it really late last night. But <laughs> we can just talk about the um, opening scenes of basically... Also, we need to talk about how Joss Whedon wrote this episode. This is a Whedon original. Oh, did he not write the other one? No, he only wrote Who Are You? Oh. This is a weed and joint. <laughs> yes, come through, Missy. <laughs> um, I like I said last week, I can remember watching this and being like furious at Faith. Like I was like so mad that she because you know, I mean, we get other episodes where Buffy's like beaten down by whatever the monster of the week is or by the big bad. You know, Glory does kick her ass a lot. But this is like Faith wins. Like, Faith won, right? Like, the end of last episode was Faith winning, and at the beginning of this episode is Faith has won. Faith beat Buffy. Well, that's the battle, not the war. Right, right. Know? Well, right, but that's nope. what I mean. Like, for this. I'm going to say this year's girl is my Buffy series finale. It ends with Faith winning. The end. <laughs> <laughs> I would love it. There's like, you know what? That was the whole point of the show, was just for Faith to win. <laughs> we had a good run, you guys. But, like, that's it. We're done. <laughs> Um, so, but we can talk about Sarah Michelle Gellar's initial, um, scene in, in the, in the, like, in the mirror after the shower. Ah, so good. I I do think that's a a pretty iconic scene. Um, like, right, like, I feel like we've all, like, I, I see that gif of, like, her in the mirror, like, sticking her tongue out, or, like... But when she's all your ass, it's so cute. (laughs) Or what? I don't know, when I'm trying to get into the zone, I'm often, like... You can't do that. It's naughty. Because it's wrong. Because it's wrong. When I'm trying to, like, boost myself up to get ready for a panel or something, I'd do that. See, I just, like, take shots of vodka. I, I don't know. Maybe I should add that to my routine. There you go. I- One thing I do like is that, like, I don't, it's almost like uh, we, we, we never really see Faith talk about Buffy. You know, there's never s- scenes as a TV show of just Faith by herself saying what she feels about Buffy. So here you see that kind of commentary. Like, it's Faith by herself in Buffy's body getting to make fun of the things that she thinks Buffy would say. Yeah. Like, she's doing a parody. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she's, like, dissing herself at every turn, and it's great. Yeah, and that's really, really good writing, and it's, to me, good acting on SMG's part when she's in the in front of the mirror, like having to parody the character that she's been playing for four years through the eyes of another character. Yeah. I, uh, I mean, like we, when we said this in the initiative episode, Matthew, it's not often we get something not from Buffy's perspective. Um, and this, like most of this episode isn't from Buffy's perspective. 
it's faith. But I mean, it's Buffy's body, but it's faith's perspective on everything, which is kind of like a change, a total change of pace episode-wise anyway. Um, yeah. Also, can uh, we talk about how, like, Buffy Faith find, like uh, buys a plane ticket to somewhere, but, like, never gets, I don't know, where, the, where she's trying to go? I do wonder where she decided to go, but, yeah, she she's... That's one of the smarter things Faith does. The first thing she does is buy a plane ticket out of there. Yeah. But obviously she didn't use it. But knowing Faith, it, she wouldn't have gone that far either. So it wouldn't have been worth anything. <laughs> I like to think she went to like Santa Fe and bought a lot of turquoise chunky jewelry. <laughs> <laughs> she was she living, reinvented herself. Yes. Living yeah. her best Grace and Frankie. Why Faith your bad taste? <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me? Rude. You heard it. <laughs> Uh-oh. After last week's episode, I think I can say that. <laughs> I never said it was good taste. <laughs> uh, um. Um, well, I mean, she grabs a passport, so I feel like it's international. Like, I feel she's going to, like, Fiji. I think she thinks like... it's international. Yeah. She's going to Paris, <laughs> Texas, like Sean Hunter, and thinks she needs a passport. <laughs> Yes, I just referenced Boy Meets World. <laughs> yes, you did. Yes, yeah. you did. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I, I like that. I think I, I do love. Um, is it doesn't Joyce say like, "Oh, Giles called," um, and she like the look on. I, this is like there are a few scenes that I do love where SMG is doing it, but like her like pause and then she's like. Yeah, I got some time to chill. And, like, Faith is literally doing it to fuck around. Like, she's not... That's all... That's right. That's the only reason she's going to Giles' apartment is, like, literally to fuck around. Yeah. Right before she goes to Paris, Texas. Right. Because she <laughs> oh, oh, well, One other line I want to say that I love when, that SMG says is when they're taking um, Faith's body and she says she's not a girl. She's not a kid. Yeah. Which... She's not a kid, sorry. She's not a kid. Yeah. Um, that's so good. Yes. Um, I wrote my notes... Oh, girl, you had to grow up so fast. I didn't cry again, but, you know, it's all emotions. <laughs> I feel so deeply for Faith and her struggle. I, when, when Joyce says, I just think she's horribly unhappy, I'm like, speak on it, Joyce. Speak <laughs> on it. Right, because Joyce isn't being unfair. It's not like she's being, like, petty. That's, like, a real thing, and Joyce is right. Joyce gets it. She does. <laughs> she didn't need to be so sassy, but she gets it. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, no, I... Yeah, I... I do like seeing, like, Faith dealing with people talking about her. Because, um, like, you know, when, and when Joyce hugs her, she's like, mm, and, like, wriggles out of the hug. And she's mm-hmm. like, oh, I just, you know, I'm just I'm going to go take a bath. I'm sore after the fight. Um, I do enjoy watching Faith as Buffy, like, still act like Faith, but then try to, like, work her way around it to be like, fuck, I still need to pretend to be Buffy. And, like, remind herself of those things. Um, yeah. They always said Faith was a bad actor. That's how Giles knew that uh, Buffy wasn't the one who killed uh, the deputy mayor. Because yeah. Faith can't act for shit. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And, like, you, one of, one of you said in the last episode, I forgot who said it, that, like, you know, and when, when she says, oh, I, you don't get it. I don't care that I killed him. Like, she's lying. And it we all me. know she's, yeah, we, we all know she's lying, right? Like, um, yeah. So... Then we get. Then, or are you about to say it, Matthew? The we get Willow. We get Willow and Tara, the most important lesbian scene on television of all time. <laughs> <laughs> um, Wait, that's 
Well, no, there are there are two incredibly important lesbian scenes in this episode. That's true. Yes. Sorry, yes. but I like it's this like one... so funny that this moment is tucked away in like the second beat of the, like this episode that's about Faith. Yeah, and this twinkly love music is, uh, is playing. I just like wrote no ca- all caps, but yeah, they're just friends. <laughs> I think what's really special about the scene is it it you feel like it's going one way, and then Willow flips it. And you're like, oh, okay. You know, you're thinking maybe Willow is hiding Tara because maybe she's not comfortable with what's happening. Maybe maybe she's nervous to come out, but that's not it. It's because she just likes that she has this this oh. special thing. Can I ruin this for a second, though? Uh-oh. I guess so. I'm just going to say that the way she does flip it and it's like, you know, you're, you're mine, you, you know. It's kind of like an abusive relationship situation where she just flips it around and we go back to, we go to season six, she's able to do this often and then she just uses magic when it stops working. Just saying, she knows how to flip things to make Tara feel better and then when she doesn't, magic. Willow's a monster is what I'm saying. Well, Willow can be, Whoa. well we've talked about this, Willow <laughs> can be like that, but I think going, I do, before we go fully there, I do want to say. It's actually sweet, but like, I'm just saying, it could be interpreted a different way. Oh, totally. I mean, and there's echoes of season six Willow, like throughout the series of her like behavior and how instead of kind of like going through emotions, she finds sometimes like a cheap way to talk about them or to do magic or something rather than like going through the emotion. But I think that the thing about this scene and like what Dana was saying was that like, wait, I actually forgot what I was going to say. Sorry. <laughs> it's the fact that she's it's- not actually hiding her because she's afraid to come out. It's just, oh, it's just yeah, yeah. things that are well, just for her. Oh, this goes back to something Ian was saying in our last episode, like just about the nature of season four and how separate they are and like how they lie to each other. And I think that this comment from Willow is like a comment on season four. Like, I don't think that they're actively lying to each other, but like this is, it's a very human thing to want things that no one else, or to like have secrets that no one else knows about. And even when they're best friends, like, I don't know. There's something very human about Willow saying, I only want you, I only want to have time with you right now. And I don't want to even involve other people in it. Cause I think she's still trying to figure out what it is. And the moment right. she shows it to other people, they're all going to have comments on it. And like, she won't be able to really discern what's happening here. Right. It doesn't come across to me. I get what you're saying Latoya about like later episodes and how Willow goes off the rails and, and manipulates a lot of situations. But to me, it feels like, I'm just trying to figure this out and I love the way it feels. And right now I only want to share that feeling with you. Yeah. Exactly. I understand. I, I, I just twisted it because I'm a terrible person, but <laughs> it's, it's especially in college too. You're exploring yourself. You're trying to find out who you are and she's finding out who she is. And she has this one thing that just completely divorced from the group. It's just something that's specifically hers. And I, 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 I like it. I appreciate it. I think I'm, just, I'm sorry. Willow's not actually a monster guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> No, I think Latoya is pointing out there's like a fine line, right? Like there's a fine line between wanting something to be only yours and wanting something to be like italics, bold, asterisks, like only yours, right? Right. But yeah. the other the behavior that Willow displays later on it doesn't isn't indicative of, of the of the latter in that at all. Yeah. Right. Um yes. and then we get <laughs> Buffy Faith meeting. Oh wait, no wait, I think I skipped something. Well, no, so um, 
I wanted to oh, play yeah. well, the, the plane truck. ticket scene is here. I, I mean, also, I wrote real quick that Buffy gives Faith shit, but she, like her wardrobe is what Faith is wearing right now. Like the leather and everything. It's like you give her so much shit, but like this is this is in your your closet. The hair crimping we can't excuse though. I oh my god, I talk about how much I hate the hair crimping. Season four, they do that often, which I think it was it's our terrible. guest Colin Smith pointed out. They often do it when like she's not herself because she has the crimp in something blue when they're like they do the spell and she like gets engaged to Spike. Um and she's dress shopping. Yeah. Um to say about the crimp. What is it? You have a thing to I say? Have to say? Tell me, tell me, tell me, Dad. I knew you were gonna spring this up. <laughs> you love the crimp. I, I don't think that this is a crimp, actually. Yeah. This is just Buffy hasn't styled her wet hair and it's curly. Yep, that's what mine looks like if I don't do it. But I think in beer bad it is a crimp. But this is just curly wet hair that's not styled. Alright. Oh. Fair. How deep does this go? <laughs> Listen, I knew that. Ian was going to try and throw grenades about this crimp that's not real. <laughs> so I had to, um, I really had to, you know, be, I was looking deeply at this hair. All right. Well, okay. Because if you, because it's Faith trying to be, or it's, it's Faith in Buffy's body. And when you go look at Faith's hair, it's like curly and in ringlets a little bit. So I think it's just like, she's trying to feel more comfortable, like putting her own spin on it. But I don't think she sat and crimped her hair no. the way that it is completely crimped and beer bad. Yeah, oh, yeah. Cause, like Faith wouldn't put effort into that. I was about like, to say, I don't, I can't see Faith being like, let me like do that because that would take a while, and I feel like Faith doesn't have time for that. I believe they call that style beachy waves. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so wait, so here I'll, I'll say one nice thing about crimping and beachy waves. It's still better than Buffy's mini bangs in a men's. So <laughs> yes, yes, that is the worst will... thing that's ever happened to her hair. Also agree with that. <laughs> um, so I, I do want to ask a question about what all of you think, because I've asked this before, every, because this isn't the first episode, and I mean, we're not there yet, but this isn't the first episode where they do a spell as sex. This is the most heavy-handed one we get later, but even in this scene, Tara saying, I'm yours, and Willow, I, I do understand everyone saying that, like, you know, Willow does want something that's just hers, but Willow is completely, I've, in my brain, I read that scene as her just dancing around the fact that she's not out to her friends. And I and I know, Matthew, you view the spells as, like, literally spells, and sometimes they orgasm, but, like, they're actually doing a spell. I always read it as, like, we can't show them having sex, so they're doing a spell, but they're also fucking. Um, well, no, that's how I read it. I don't know. Oh, it's all of the above. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like, like there's a util- there's there's two levels. There's a utilitarian level where like the show needs them to progress in yes. how much magic they do, and so they have to do harder and harder spells. But then they get to orgasm louder and louder. So do we think because Tara says you know I am yours? Do we think we think they've already like been intimate, right? Yeah. Oh no, I think that they no. have been intimate no. through spells. First time they're intimate actually is in new moon rising when they I agree. right I have now to go but also like four again to double check it's the episode with when oz comes back and it's the extra flamey candle situation yeah and like he says i smell her all over you like i think right now i mean obviously magic is not well i'm okay matt like the magic that <laughs> is depicted in the show does not exist but they <laughs> are having a deep <laughs> interpersonal connection that we 
might even equate to sex because they are probably sharing some type of energy between the two that gives them like a sensation that they are having some kind of sexual like moment. But I don't think that they've touched each other or had any kind of like digital or lingual kind of connection. Oh my God. They haven't had a digital <laughs> That is the down. unsexiest way I've ever heard lesbian sex described. <laughs> Can you tell but we're gay men? Like... Not untrue. <laughs> <laughs> um, so because I because for me you know Tara in one of the other episodes like goes to give Willow like oh this was my grandmother's I want you to have it and it feels like they're being very intimate if they haven't actually been into I don't know like do I want to say they've at least kissed okay that's what it, that's what I was going to say do we think they've at least like kissed Dana Matthew yes I, I've always I've always felt that Okay. I felt like they, they were taking things really slow. Okay, and but... then I agree that things, I agree with Matthew that I think things got like officially intimate in new memorizing. Because, okay. So my only like, that's, so my only like bump in that theory is that like Willow already knows, like she knows and she tells Buffy. So it's like, that doesn't feel like, Oh, we just got, we just had sex. That feels like, Oh, we've been together. Um, so I don't know. Like, I, I go back and forth with whether I think, or at least, do they know what they're doing? Like, do we think, like, Tara... Well, I think Tara knows what she's doing. Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, Tara I... definitely knows what she's doing. Oh, yeah. No, Cause... Tara is like, listen, this Tara's is... Tara's the top in this. I was, this I was, I was like, yeah, Tara's an old pro at this. You know, she's the most awkward human in the life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, like, in season five, they even discuss how Tara was out before. Like, Willow had to come out. Tara didn't. Tara was, like, already out. Um, I don't know. So I... That's like that's where I go back and forth with the spells because like they're a metaphor for sex, but like also they do serve the plot, so it has to be that they're also doing a spell. Like it can't be like, oh, they're just fucking and like the spells are nothing, but just like they're doing spells that progress the plot. So I don't know. Yeah, that that was a question I had for everyone. I just was wondering what y'all thought. Um, the spells are like Buffy's version of you hauling. <laughs> Wait, what? Oh, so oh my god! <laughs> I'm so deeply in love with that. <laughs> that. That literally, I was like, "Is that a sex med?" Oh, I know what like, you mean. Literally, Tara's like, hmm, "I'm gonna move all of my candles into your room." <laughs> <laughs> it's only been two weeks. No, bring the candles. <laughs> bring the candles. And my grandma's heirloom, like. <laughs> uh, all right, yeah, I'll to- I totally buy that. Oh, God, I like that you you got me. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> um, okay, so then we get Faith as Buffy at the Scooby meeting, which I do really like. I love when she's like, oh, Xander, Willow, Giles, and, and looks at Anya and is like, everyone is here. <laughs> oh, oh, wait, uh, that's, a little bit before that, there's just a quick... Uh... Uh, Buffy and Faith, where she's like freaking out, and they have to uh, subdue her. And so, yes, okay, I definitely like barely have those in my notes because for me, they're so, they're so like sparse, basically, right? Yeah, I think all until she breaks free, all of the Faith, uh, the Buffy, God, Buffy as Faith, Eliza Dushtrew, like her whole the Eliza Dushtrew story in this is like the flatter one for me because like. It, it felt like there should have been a way for Buffy to be, like, not because just... Because there's not really in, any that much of interesting beats you c- can do. 
because Facebook was going on. She's manipulating everyone. Buffy's just in terror trying to get out. Right. Worried that, like, her friends and mother are being murdered. Although, I, I was able to get some good notes out of this, this quick scene where you have the council mercenary showing up, to which I wrote in my notes, there's a new daddy in town, a disciplined daddy. <laughs> <laughs> they, they are all, like, decked out in leather and all black. Yeah. Yeah, they are. Um, yeah, I, I, I feel like that's, for me, <clears throat> why this one is maybe the lesser of the two-parters for me, just because I don't enjoy the faith, the Buffy as, Buffy, yeah, God. No, Eliza does two parts. <laughs> this year's girl is more balanced. This is a, like, this is a Sarah Michelle Gellar episode, this yes. one right here. Yeah, yeah. But here's the thing, is that both two-parters are more to me, more interested in faith. Like, this year's yes. girl, you get a lot of Lazdushku, but when you're more interested in faith, you get more Sarah Michelle Gellar in this one. Right, right. But um, they're ultimately more concerned overall with faith. Right, yeah. Um, so, and I also wanted to point out that, um, Matthew, do you remember when we discussed in Wild at Heart when Willow shows up at Oz's place and she's kind of dressed like Veruca? Yeah. She's wearing that same top in the scene, the Scooby scene. It's like a purpley, flowy top. She's wearing that exact same top in the Scooby scene. So did Willow borrow this from Buffy? Right. So, I well, that's the thing. I'm. Or she bought it and she gave it to Buffy because she would have no use for it no, ever no, no, no. again. No, no, no. Willow is wearing... So Willow goes to see Oz and is wearing oh. a, Veruca's, like, a top that's supposed to look like Veruca. And she's wearing that top okay. again. And so, like, the whole point of her having it was that, like, it was very out of character for Willow, and that's not something she would wear. But then she's wearing, I don't know. So that... Maybe next it confirms that she and Tara have had sex then. <laughs> um, one thing I do, so I, one thing I like about, I don't know, so, so there's the scene where Sarah, as Faith, goes to go see, um, you know, all of her friends. Mm-hmm. And they're all talking, and she says Faith is on her way back to England. And I do love the laugh like the the maniacal laugh that she gives out <laughs> she finds out faith is like on her way to the big house but one line delivery that i don't love is when she mm-hmm. says i would never let her hurt you to willow it's it's like just very weird and the whole like thing where she imagines stabbing, stabbing yeah. willow always <laughs> like so weird well that- the stabbing thing also comes again uh, in the angel two-parter too where after angel has helped her and she just imagines real quick if she did, like, if she got rid of all the rehab again and stabbed, it's like her go-to mental state, basically. Her, her mind always has stabbing on the brain, unfortunately. Yeah. So that's what, I, I, I like that. What I don't like uh, is Sarah Michelle Gellar doing a Boston accident at one point, just letting it slip out. I don't like that at all. Oh, my God. Yeah, right. It's supposed <gasps> When did to, she do it? She, when she uh, says about. What are you talking about? Yeah. But it's like, it's a Canadian accent when it comes out, but it's supposed to be her doing a douche coup uh, Boston accent. And it's weird because it's the only time she, like, if we're going to do that, we should do it. But, like, we can't have it be, like, like once. That feels weird that it's once. Well, she does it one more time. She does it when she is at the bronze and she says something is wicked obvious, that it's he's a yeah. vampire. But that feels more like dialect, not accent. Right? Okay. It's not like you've ever heard the Buffy crew say hella, so it's not like... Saying wicked would be completely different. But yeah, what are you talking about? It drives me crazy. Yeah, it's. I, I feel like it's supposed to be clever because it's like, ooh, look, 
Eliza Dushu has a Boston accent. Faith has one, but like, eh. yeah. Although I do like uh, her not understanding the difference between justice and poetic justice. Yes, because I feel like both Buffy and Faith would get that one wrong too. Yes, <laughs> yes, I do. I, I really like that, and I like that Anya's the one that's like, "How's that?" Um, <laughs> and and when uh, I do like so after she like has the imagining of stabbing Willow, which I also don't really love. Um. They show, like, her and Willow back and forth, and you can hear Anya, Xander, and Giles talking, and I like that Anya's like, well, I'm glad you called us all over just to tell us everything's fine. That couldn't have been conveyed by the telephone. Um, <laughs> I Like, those little, like, whenever they get, like, little Anya moments like that, I mean, I love Anya. I think she's great. Um, and then she's like, well, we were gonna, I think Xander says, like, we were gonna have, like, a romantic candlelight evening, and she's like, we're gonna light candles and have sex near them. <laughs> and Faith, as Buffy says, oh, I wouldn't want to, like, break into that seven minutes. Um, but and Anya says, hey, and Xander's like, that's my hey. That's my hey. Hey, yeah. <laughs> I do like I, all of that. There's also uh, where Willow asks, what's what works? And Xander says, scuba type stuff, so matter-of-factly. To which Anya asks, I thought it was murder. <laughs> which is, like, sometimes, sometimes I don't feel like the show is in on Xander being, like, that dude. But sometimes they are, and I feel like that's one of those moments where it's like, Oh, of course Xander's telling them the wrong thing, but is so sure about it. And the ex-demon. Scuba stuff. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Which, to be fair, I remember there was a... There was an Image Comics comic back in, like, the big 90s boom called Wetworks, and I did not know. Like, they were... (laughs) They were, like, super... It was, like, superheroes, but they were, like, metal. They all had, like, different colored, like, metal skin like, silver and gold, and, like, they all had a lot of guns, and I never knew that it was, like, called Wetworks because they, like, were, like, army team of superheroes that murdered people. I, like, never knew that. <laughs> I've got to be honest. I was making a bagel at this part of the, the episode when we were, <laughs> when I was rewatching it, so I did not catch all these little details. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate your honesty. It's a, it's a pretty loaded scene. <laughs> I was really hungry, and I needed a bagel. I know, I'm just saying, what type of bagel was it? Oh, oh, uh, it was an everything bagel. Good, that's the correct answer. Wow. <laughs> I don't like everything bagels, they're too much for me. <laughs> well, they have everything, Ian. <laughs> oh, I hate you. Um, <laughs> Why would you pick something that's everything if, you, you're, if, if it's too much? It's so, everything. So then we go to the bronze. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and, but this... Oh, sorry. Sarah Michelle Gellar does not have Eliza Dushku's dance moves, and she never will. <laughs> no, she doesn't. I, I don't think... Yeah, I mean, we'll get to that. But yeah, um, I do... So is it that she, when she is with Spike, I have to say, she does... It is mad sexy. When The like, warm champagne comment is iconic. Right? Oh, like, yeah. Like, I, full Monique meme, like, the icon jumped out, and then she comes <laughs> back in. Like... <laughs> That's this. I, I also feel like this scene kind of explains kind, uh, kind of Spike's obsession with Buffy because he never actually learned this was not her. Truly, <gasps> speak on that. Yeah, I, I'm, wa- I'm watching this like watching the scene. I'm all I can think of. Wait, when does Spike learn that like that wasn't Buffy? Wait, he never does. And from like this point on, he is like dwelling on her. In season seven, he does. He does. Yes. Well, that's, that's season seven. Who cares about that? <laughs> but, but, and also by that point, we yeah. we've 
long reached the point of no return. Yeah. This hot take changes everything. <laughs> yeah, it really does. I, I I had to pause the episode and just uh like in my mind shout Eureka because I, I finally solved the puzzle. <laughs> oh my god. Because <laughs> he does he does tilt his head like he's like, Am I gonna kiss? Are we gonna kiss? Like, I really think that he went back to his crypt and, like, kind of, like, touched himself to those thoughts. And then that's when it started. Furiously masturbated. So I do like that scene. I like that Spike, because I always think of Spike as submissive. I like that he immediately is, like, falling for it. Like, he tilts his head (laughs) and he's like, this, like, this, like, this, like, slayer that I've, like, been obsessed with or I'm going to become obsessed with is, like, taking control Saying she wants to sexy murder me, I am into it. Like that's his type. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and I also love that at the beginning of the conversation, he's like, "So sawed off," and she's like, "Okay," and like goes to leave. This is much more. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, wait, did we did we skip over the uh, the Willow and sorry the uh, the Tara and no, Buffy that, conversation? That, that doesn't happen right yet. after. That's yeah. right after that because Willow and Tara walk into the bronze and Tara Willow's like saying, Oh yeah, this is where we used to hang out, blah 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 and then she sees Faith as Buffy yelling chug chug to a guy like chugging a beer. Um, which is a pretty good scene because that I mean I have to say they do, do a good job of like giving Sarah Michelle Geller things to do that Faith would be doing. Like that that would be Faith. They have the conversation, um and it's also crazy that, like, so this is the first time Tara's meeting anyone from, quote-unquote, the Scoobies, even though it's Faith, um, but they think it's Buffy. And, like, she immediately picks up on the fact that, like, oh, they're dating, which is the first time anyone has explicitly said it on the show, is insane that it's Faith, is the first person. She's the most perceptive one when it comes to sex, basically. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, and I wrote that down a lot throughout both episodes, just, like, moments where Faith is perceptive. Like, Faith is the one who says that Buffy's not coming home. Like, she sees all the mail. Buffy's... And, like, Faith, over and over, is, like, the one who sees how things are working and kind of sees through all the bullshit. Well, and it's also kind of hard to miss those googly eyes that Tara was throwing in Willow's direction. Well, I true. Mean, it's one of those Captain things that, like, obvious. Faith could have just like been more focused and more disciplined. She could have been an even better slayer because she's very perceptive in those ways. And she would like notice when something was wrong with Buffy, although Buffy would never tell her, and that that never helped with their relationship. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah, like uh, and also I feel really bad for Tara when she's stammering and Faith is like, you know, what did she say? Like, she's an asshole to her here. Right? Honestly. Like she's such a dickhead to Tara. Like, poor, sweet angel Tara. Um, and I mean, I, but I, it's, it's great. Like, it's also, like, weird that the show goes to lengths to, like, not say, but, like, show you that they're dating, and Faith is the one that says it. Like, Faith is like, oh, Willow's not, what is she saying? Willow's not driving stick anymore. Um, which is, like, that, that's such an insane way to say a homophobic comment. Um... <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, like, I think it's crazy that, like, Faith is the one that explicitly tells the audience. Um, I don't think, I just want to say, I don't think that it's homophobic because we know that Faith is more kind of, like, sexually fluid than, like, yeah, than we... The she asshole is, part is when she mocks the stutter. Like, she's just yeah, mean to right. Tara. Mocking the stutter is bad. I think driving stick is just a phrase that people use, that she would use, like, from Boston, probably, like, inherit, like, 
I don't know that she inherited. Right. It was 1999, you guys. Yeah. Because I've heard Driving Stick before and like, you know, even when. Oh, really? I've never heard it before. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, I've heard it before. Mm -hmm. Like when people say you're strictly dickly or something. (laughs) (laughs) But the look, the look that Faith as Buffy flashes her, it's kind of like proud. She's like. That's true. Look at that. Well, because I think proud of you, Willow. Not boring. <laughs> I, I think because, like we said, Faith is more sex positive. So I think to her, it's like, oh, Willow's like, like to her, that's like Willow's like, I don't know, like being more. I don't know. I don't. I don't even know what the term would be. The yeah. asshole part is just her being an asshole to tear right. as a person, right. not as as a lesbian. Like she's yeah. just being a dick because she's being a dick. Yeah, that's true. Um, but yeah, I I do like that scene, and then I love when Willow's like. Buffy in the corner. And she's like, yeah, wicked obvious, and just, like, lays back on that couch. And it's like, <laughs> oh, I should, right, go slay him now. Right, okay. Um, and I think that, like, like we said, this is really, like, plays into the whole how Faith perceives herself, how she projects herself, and how, like, the world could see her. And, like, her reaction to that woman thanking her and being like, thank you so much, he was so strong. And she's like, yeah, whatever, like... And well, it's just kind yeah. of like... In, in preparation for this podcast, uh, I also watched, like, all of the Faith episodes, which seems to be, like, the important Faith episodes. And in Enemies, she even, like, she when she's ranting at Buffy, she talks about how no one ever thanks her for helping, even though she's the Slayer. And then you have someone finally thank her, and she has no idea how to process it whatsoever. Yeah, right? Like, I, I think that's a really good character moment, because, like, it oh, makes... I, yeah makes sense that Faith wouldn't know how to, like, respond to a, someone thanking her. Mm-hmm. And I just think it's so interesting psychologically, like, I mean, the being a Slayer is obviously a thankless job, but, like, Buffy has had the moment where she was, like, up on stage getting a, an award from all of her peers and, like, being recognized, and she had the, like, you know, she had Giles and all of her friends being, like, you're great, and, like, Buffy, I mean, Faith, didn't have any of that like faith didn't have her own scooby gang and it, and even when you go back to like her original i was thinking about and i rewatched the scene where she talks about her original stories um when she first comes to the group in faith hope and trick and she's like oh i wrestled an alligator naked like it's like sexy stories but they're not like meaningful and she never talks about like saving someone's life you know kind of fighting stories that are not the same type of thing that buffy had so it can probably seem like a huge burden when you're doing all that work and like not being recognized for it. Like at the end of the day, isn't this just like a story about office politics about like your coworker who gets more recognition than you do? Of course. That's why we love Buffy. (laughs) So then it's so not only is it weird that like faith is the first person to pick up on Tara and Willow are at least sleeping together or whatever. But Tara's the first person to pick up on the fact that Buffy's not... That just, ain't Buffy. That's not Buffy. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and, like, Faith so did such a poor job pretending to be Buffy, but still fucking fooled all those Scoobies. But I think that adds to the season four plot of, like, how, like, distant they've all become and how, like, absorbed kind of in their own lives they've all become. Um, so, like, it kind of, it does make sense that, like, none of them were paying that much attention. And they're just like, yeah, that's Buffy. Oh, she's being a little weird, but eh, she's been a little weird this season. <laughs> I've always, like- I've always seen it as like that is one of Will. That's one of Tara's special powers is her keen intuitiveness. Yes. Hmm, yeah, I could buy that. Yeah. 
Um, and I do like that Willow asked uh, if she knows if it was a hyena energy. Yes. That, that's probably <laughs> the, you know, hyenas are dicks. So. I love the throwback to that. Um. And I, I know since we're, we're kind of skipping past it, I'm just going to be the one who updates us on how the actual Buffy is doing. Yes, do that fight. because I don't have any notes about that. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so, so far she's been spat on by one of the, uh, the mercenaries who says she's a perversion and right. calls her trash and like just disgrace to the council. And now she is pretending she's going to kill one of them. And they're like, well, the mission's all that matters. So we're not going to do anything to which I said, poor Smithy. Cause he was the one she was going to kill. <laughs> and, but they're still like frustrated with the council themselves because they aren't even getting like any help to like extract her, which come on. Well, there's a bunch of like white man bums, all of them. <laughs> I, so my one note about that is Buffy as faith, not killing the Watcher and them not giving a fuck either way shows how evil the group of Watchers, a.k.a. old white men, are. <laughs> are they even Watchers? Or they're just, like, they're just the, like, the mercs for the Watchers. Yeah, they just they seem like how... front men for the Watchers. Yeah, they, like they front talk about men how great the them. council is, but, like, I don't see them fostering any Slayers ever. Well, he... Giles says they're, like, a... like group of from the watchers they're like part of the watchers but they're probably not actually watchers um but yeah so the watchers are yeah yeah um so then we get faith as buffy going to see riley Mm. oh boy (laughs) and it's we also get the tara and willow doing their spell with the rose and the we also have Adam in this episode because the previously reminded us that Adam exists, and so now we have to talk about Adam. Ugh. I, I, yeah, I had a, I had a, a note about that with how like Adam in the scene where he's in is very Trumpian. Like he kind of comes to the vampires and he's like, the "Y'all just gas happening," and he like has this very populist message for them about like you know trying to raise them up and stuff like that. It's very, it's very now. <laughs> Yeah, I have no notes about Adam, but yes. <laughs> um, of course you don't. I, I, so, so, and I know that, like, everyone has pointed this out on our podcast, and you have to, Matthew, but when Riley shuts his door, when Faith as Buffy is like, maybe they'll learn balls. something watching us having sex, and it's just balls, like... <laughs> his balls post. It's the, for me, it's the time <laughs> when it's, like, the most glaringly obvious, um, I... Why does he have that poster on his door? Like, <laughs> I just, David, I just watched something, and it was a, someone had a poster where it was like more balls. It's like a sequel to this poster. It's drive me crazy remembering what it was I watched. <laughs> more balls, more balls. Uh, enough about my weekend again. Um, uh, <laughs> not in this episode. This episode is all about both les- lesbianism, both textual and subtextual. Yes, keep yes, it out of this episode. That's true. But so you know, I think that if you uh, were not, if you would not know how lesbians or how you know queer women have sex before this episode, you would think that you just do spells together because <laughs> that that was erotic, you guys. Oh, when women have sex, they just like do magic, right? That's it. That's yeah. Like... Well, well, <laughs> <I'm kidding>. true. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, there are some gay movies that if you watch, like, Call Me By Your Name, you'd think during gay sex, you just look at peach trees the whole time. 
I can't eat a peach after I see that movie. <laughs> I <laughs> only eat peaches after seeing that. <laughs> ah. yeah, can't do any more spells. <laughs> Matthew, you and I are like Buffy and Faith. We're we're two opposite sides of the same coin. True. Also, I don't know if we've talked about it yet, but I do want to bring it up right here. I th- also think of Buffy and Faith as a very as a parallel to like Batman and the Joker, and wow. how need, and how they need each other. And I wish that there was more um, gay text and subtext in a lot of Batman Joker movies. That's what I was thinking about watching this. Write that movie. Yeah, I'm going to. I will. In five years when they reboot Batman, I'm going to write the very gay reboot. (laughs) Why do you think it will take that long (laughs) to reboot this? (laughs) Isn't like Martin Scorsese doing a Joker movie that has nothing to do with the like DC films, I think? Something insane like that. Um, okay, so Riley has a balls poster. I just this was the time when I was really oh. like, oh god. Um, and I feel like Faith as Buffy want like she wants some kind of like role play kinky ass sex, and like I just imagine Riley having the most vanilla like WB sex in the world. I mean, my notes for this scene start at. Faith freaking out post-missionary sex. I do think... That's what's happening here. Yeah, I do... So, do we want to... I feel like I have nothing to say about Tower and Willow other than, like, it almost... As I watch these scenes in, like, 2018, I'm like, oh boy, this is really absurd. Like, the metaphor is so... You know, and my mom always says, I can't believe I never picked up on it. I'm like, Mom, how did you not pick up on this when you were watching the show? It's, like, so, like, I I can't imagine a show doing this and being like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. It's like... Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I don't have a lot of perspective on what it was like to be a gay guy growing up Mm -hmm. and to, to look for subtext in that respect. But I know that looking for pretty much anything subtextual in stories between two women, it's like ingrained in you mm-hmm. as a queer woman. And so I don't know if that was like, it's, it's so weird because I, I cover so much entertainment, but this is like a very foreign thing for me. I don't know what it was like to be you guys <laughs> watching things. And, but like that to me, seeing it, you know, what, 10 plus, how many years ago was it now? Like 15 15, something years ago. That was a huge step. That to me back then was like a validation. And so I think that that like, you know, has been drilled into me throughout the years. And uh, there are still shows that are doing shit like that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, I think, I think the thing about it is that like, you know, I was watching, I mean, when, when this episode came out, I was like 11. So I'm like watching it at 11 years old and probably not, but like then later on really appreciating it. And like Willow still to this day, I say is like my first like queer icon. Like it's even like more so than, I don't know, like some people might say like when they were young, like they would stay up and watch Showtime to watch Queer as Folk or whatever. Mm, like okay. sure I did that, but like the first person that I always latched onto, cause by the time the show ended, I was 13 and I was clear that I was gay. So I was, you know, but unfortunately by that time she was with Kennedy, who we won't speak uh, about. But We shall so not speak about that. Me, at my age, like it transcended gender because like Willow was my first queer icon and it didn't, ma- it didn't matter to me. I love hearing that. I'm glad to hear that. 
yes, I second that. I was, I always think of like Will and Grace was my first like gay outing. But like for me, this sounds insane to say, but I related more to like the lesbian witches than the like rich gay men living in Manhattan that were like one, Will's a lawyer and... I mean, that's understandable. And Jack just is, is a leech, I yeah, guess. Yeah, yes, yeah. <laughs> I mean, not like, I love that show, and I loved it. And at the time, it, meant, it did mean a whole lot to me. But I still related, like, for me, Willow and Tara were more... It was just, like, I, I was more into it than I was Will and Grace. I don't know. Um, but also, like, I, it, it brings in, like, it's like, oh, queer and also nerdy, which I feel right, like... Right, right. like, that was something we definitely, like... There, of course, had been gay characters that, like, didn't kiss. Like, I remember watching Melrose Place <laughs> and as, like, a baby gay being like, oh, there's a gay guy? He has a boyfriend? But, like, they never fucking kissed. Um, it would always be like, oh, we're about to kiss. Oh, but cut away. There are these flashing lights right in our face Yeah, like we're kissing. That's what it would always <laughs> do whenever the gay guy went to kiss his boyfriend or was dating someone. They, like, weren't allowed to kiss. And it felt very stale. But for me, like, I still was, like, a big fucking nerd like x-men was my favorite thing as a kid um so like having it in like a nerd show meant so much more to me because that was also like it was revolutionary for like 10 you know 10 different reasons but like also that too you know i'm learning so much today i really appreciate this (laughs) before we go on i i forgot i had a note about when buffy had sex with riley and the the lead up to it and i thought it was really telling like it's really odd to see Buffy hypersexualized on the show and the camera seems like really uncomfortable with hypersexualizing her. <laughs> like it's, it's like unnatural. Like the people behind the camera are like, we've never done this to SMG before. She's supposed to be this badass. And like the, I thought like the, the hyper, it was just like, it came off weird and unnatural. Which, yeah, it's, it's just the lead up scene basically in the, the sex scene. It's just, it's weird to talk about, because it's obviously a very problematic scene. She's using Buffy's body to have sex with her boyfriend in this weird form of revenge. But it's it's just it's probably the most horrible thing that Faith does because you know she's a murderer and that's a problem too. But in theory, she was built to be a killing machine. Yeah, she like she that's how she was built. Right. That is what the the, the council did. They created this killing machine, and then they're going to try to judge and criticize this woman for doing what they basically made her to do in the first place. Right. Yeah. But this is just a low blow. Yeah. Well, I also think that what you're, you're really onto something really important there and that like wh- faith is on some kind of vendetta to hurt Buffy in some way. And she's doing it with the, the switching of the bodies and putting her in prison. Like that's one way to hurt her. So it's funny because in her mind, she's like, Oh, Buffy's kind of dealt with like Buffy's on her way to prison. I don't need to, I don't need to, you know, you could in theory stop, stop thinking about her but because subtextually she is always on faith's mind. Like faith has to go the extra mile and like sleep with Riley. And it is a low blow for her to do this because she thinks that she's keeping this body anyway. In, in her mind, like, the real Buffy would never even find out about this, technically. Yet she still right. does it. Totally. And it is, I mean, it's, yeah. No, that's that's deep. I like that. Let's get to after they've had sex so I can complain about Riley. Yes. <laughs> what's, what's next on the agenda? So everyone, everyone orgasms. Tara, <laughs> you know, well, I don't yeah. know if, Buffy, if Faith does, honestly. <laughs> that's true, uh, yeah. Faith probably doesn't. What is that? Like... <laughs> 
Well, like you said, I'm sure Riley like is like, are you okay? Is this okay? Oh, is it? We have to do it missionary. Look into my eyes, and it's like, oh God. <laughs> I'd want the sex Faith wants, and Riley would. I would be like falling asleep. If Riley, if Riley processed any more, I would think he was a lesbian. <laughs> Given his hair at the beginning of the season, he might be. Just so you know. <laughs> he truly did have lesbian hair. Um, yeah. I mean, I had that hair too, though, to be fair. I, all my family pictures around my house, it's like me with that bowl cut. (laughs) Anyway, so yeah, so do we, let's talk about post-sex Faith as Buffy and Riley. Here, I'll just get my Riley complaint out of the way, and then we can move on. (laughs) So, uh, he says I love you, and that's when Faith freaks out, because she's not used to that, and she asks, who are you, what do you want from her? And this is where I get upset. Uh, because Riley, not only because he still couldn't tell something was wrong with Buffy, that it wasn't Buffy, is the fact that he assumes it's Buffy and everything's normal just because he wants a wounded bird that he can save. And that's what he always wanted from Buffy. And this is where I go on to say, in the replacement, when Buffy asks if she, he would have preferred like the meek Buffy, he says, no, I have to have the whole thing. To which I say, that's complete bullshit. What do you mean? Uh, well, she asked, would you want, like, if there was a Slayer and there was just a normal girl Buffy, what would you want? And he's like, I have to have the whole thing, and oh, right, I would yeah. have never believed that ever. He wants the wounded bird, he wants to be her hero, and fuck that. I do think he wants to be the guy that can accept her, can, like, isn't, isn't who he is, but he just, he can't. He can't be him. he can't not be himself, and himself is this problematic guy who, like, doesn't like that his girlfriend is in power and is stronger than him and more to, like, you know, Briley needs an order and Buffy doesn't give a shit about orders. Um, and I think that for him, his ideal, you know, I mean, as we see in season six, the, the woman he comes back with that he's married to, she's an army person as well. She, you know, they go by orders. And I do think Riley's a little bit more submissive, so he does, he does need to date someone who's a little bit more in control, but I think he needs it in more of a, like, dumb like sitcom way where like the wife is like oh well don't tell my husband because he'll get you know upset that I outsmarted him or like some bullshit like that like that's what he needs and well, Buffy also, has no time for that like one of the one of the things on the other side that I do like about Riley is that I actually feel like he like he does want to change like I feel like his bit of journey that he gets in season four is about him trying to, like, unlearn some of his toxic masculinity in some way. But, like, with Angel and Spike, like, they're, I mean, if we talk about 60-year-olds being set in their ways, like, they're 200-something years old. Like, they're not (laughs) going to change. and They're just going to be who they are. And, like, that is kind of, like, with Buffy, it's kind of, like, what's the phrase? Like, um... A move, like, you know, an unstoppable force and an immovable object. Like, that's both of them. Like, they're just not going to change. But actually, she has a lot of influence, I think, on Riley. Yeah. No, I would agree with that. She influences him to realize that he does not want to change at all. (laughs) (laughs) I want to talk about the scene where um, Faith, Buffy, I mean, Faith's body, but Buffy's mind escapes and then goes to see Giles and Giles doesn't know it's her and it kind of makes me mad. I think Eliza (laughs) is doing her best fucking work in Giles' apartment. That to me the mm -hmm. same thing. When she says inching, she does it exactly in Buffy's voice. And when she says, Oh, oh, when I when I could read your mind when I could read my mom's mind, like I 
I think all like her her cadence, her like the way she's like speaking, all sounds the way Buffy speaks. Um, and I, I think, think Celeste Dushku was stalking Sarah Michelle Gellar, and she was like <laughs> she was waiting for this moment, she was waiting to pull off this impression. She, she was Kelly and Michelle at the Super Bowl when they were like, "We've been waiting for Beyonce to ask us to do single ladies. We got it. We know the choreography." <laughs> like, <laughs> we saw it on YouTube. Yeah, we've been watching. <laughs> um, I I just think that she's really great in that scene, and I almost wish we could have gotten a little more of that. Um, oh, absolutely. You know, and I, I love her, like, referencing, you know, oh, when when you turned into a demon, like, I knew it was you by looking at your eyes. Can't you just look into my eyes and know? Um, and also, like... It, I mean, at that moment, Giles should have known. Right, like, it feels like he should have been like, oh, yeah, and you're not trying to kill me, so, like, you're not Faith. And yeah, I just, I don't know, I, I love that whole... And I... So do we want to talk about what a stevedore is? <laughs> <laughs> I... Sure, let's let's do. <laughs> um, so wait, which one of you said you looked it up? Oh, well, Latoya and I both have looked it up. Okay, well, so which one of you wants to give us the definition? Data wants Latoya, to talk you about take it. it. Yeah, <laughs> Latoya. It. <laughs> you you brought it up first though, Data. So go ahead. It's like all right. It's like a longshoreman. It's like somebody who works on a dock. Loading dock. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And if you Google Stevedore, there are some pictures. <laughs> to go along with, uh, I, let me find this picture that that really works for me. <laughs> this one, it's like a, a brooding, a brooding situation that I just want. I want to imagine is how Joyce felt. So here, I, I'm sure you can share this link with the, the podcast listeners. Wait, is it the one? Is it the one where it looks like Marlon Brando sitting in front of a yeah. ship? <laughs> 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 um, I'm I'm more focused on the one where the guy has just holding lengths of very thick rope. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, yeah, I. <laughs> I can't see the guy with the rope. I just like that it's a dock. Like when you look up the definition, it says a dock to un- to load and unload. I'm just like load and unload, Joyce. Yeah, like <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> We're not subtle at all. If you're listening to this podcast, you don't know about how to. <laughs> but like, also I, good for her. I also think that like Joyce is like she really loves her sex. I think that Joyce is a very sexually empowered woman. <laughs> good for her. I hope I hope she's like low key or even high key nasty. Like I want her to get it. <laughs> like making love like a stevedore. That means that she has complete. Like she knows what it's like to make love to a dock worker. <laughs> like, listen, I've had my nights down at the docks. I do wonder, how was Ted in bed? No, well, I don't want to be you, you, you guys started this, so I'm going to finish this. <laughs> well, I'm sure he made love like a machine. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, he was just a love machine? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> We're terrible people. So, I do love that scene. Um, then we get Faith as Buffy not getting on her plane. Like, she's like... Well, we've ignored the fact, because we have to talk about Adam, that he enlisted the lamest puka shell wearing vampires. <laughs> <laughs> Is there, you know, there's got to be a reason we keep forgetting about Adam, and it's maybe because he's the worst fucking villain they ever had on that show. Yes, I Garbage. Agree. Well, it's also the thing is, like, these are the episodes where they should be, like, building him up and talking about his, like, plot, but they are talking about... Build up, he's trash. 
Well, I mean, <laughs> like you said in the last episode, Matthew, like, this episode is weirdly, pl- like, it's placed in a weird spot. Like, it should have been either before we got Adam or, like, before we got or Glory. Like getting a five or something. Yeah, like, know. Adam's storyline could have been done better with, like, it's almost one of those things, like, we can never, we almost can't argue about it because it's hypotheticals, but, like, there's a world where they gave him a fully written villain arc, and it's just not there, because here we are, two episodes, like, after Goodbye, Iowa, it's, like, two episodes centered on Faith, and then we get an episode about Jonathan, and then an episode about Buffy having sex for 45 minutes. Like- and Jonathan episode also has uh, Adam, the, the best use of Adam is where he's like, well, this is not real. Yeah. This is nonsense yeah. but he, like, maybe they care. just ran out of budget for like affording the voice changing software for him and that makeup well, probably took a while i always thought the adam thing was weird because remember the guy who plays adam was just um like a victim at a college party they didn't really cast like an actor it was like just a guest star basically no one important was cast in the role. Right. Well, and I mean, we've talked about that Adam wasn't supposed to be the victim. It was supposed to be Maggie. And then there was some like internal conflict behind the scenes that led to that not happening. Yeah. There's been like different quotes as to whether she unexpectedly exited like, oh, like, oh, she we only knew we only had her for a limited time, but they didn't know for what how limited um, like, they thought she wasn't going to be available, but it actually turns out she was going to be available, and they get their wires crossed. That was one of the things I saw. Yeah, like, I, I read a bunch of different quotes. Like, uh, and Joe Reed told us that, like, he thinks that they really were going to have her be... Like, Adam was always going to be there, but he was going to be, like, her muscle. Which would have... And he was going to be more sympathetic. Yeah. Like, he was created to be this way by, like, this terrible woman, and, like... It was supposed to be Buffy versus, like, the Dark Mother, and she was supposed to be more maniacal and last the whole season. Which yeah, would have sucks. Which would have worked because, you know, Adam as, like, a, a Frankenstein's monster would have worked so much better than just him, whatever the hell his plan is. Um, but, yeah, so... What? So we get, we get Faith, uh, Faith in Buffy's body, like, seeing oh. the church and going to it. Well, before that is when she's leaving the morning after and Forrest confronts her. Yes. And oh my he's God, just yeah. really, like, jealous ex. And I, I really... Like, literally, like, st- like is like, oh, I saw you guys were together on your Instagram stories, so I ran <laughs> over here so that I could catch you coming out of his apartment in the morning. Like He's like, oh, now you've took my man away. Like, I hope you're happy. <laughs> he's <laughs> literally taking off his earrings, like, getting his Vaseline out. Like, he's just about to fight. Um, yeah he says i i hoped you like left him alive killer to which she says i'm not a killer i'm the slayer it's like oh baby girl but also you are a killer yeah but also you specifically (laughs) are a killer (laughs) yes that is both things are can be true and they are true with you (laughs) and then she forces a little bitch and he says like a little uh, little bitch thinks and she just says i don't care which again we all know for faith that means she totally cares and she storms off so run away to paris texas (laughs) <laughs> I, I don't know if you guys noticed, but I kind of like take a step back when straight things happen on show, and it's it's not intentional. It's just I'm uh-huh. so conditioned to looking at the gay things and things that it's really hard for me to like really I mean, grasp the details of the things that happen. Like made this scene pretty gay, but also you. it is a really gay moment. Yeah, we made it pretty gay in the scene. Here's my like gif of like 
you know, the guy from It's Always Sunny with his, like, chart being like, this is my conspiracy theory about why it's really super gay. <laughs> is because, so, Faith, okay, Faith sleeping with Riley to get back at Buffy is, like, a totally homosocial move. Like, it's like, Riley doesn't matter, and she's just doing it because she's obsessed with Buffy. And mm-hmm. so, that's the subtext of that. And then Forrest confronting Buffy Faith is all about his love for Riley. So it's just two queer people, like, stuck in heterosexual world, not knowing how to talk about their queer feelings. Fascinating. I mean, yeah, Faith has the entire, like, whole jilted lovers thing with Buffy, which, of course, is her rant she has with Joyce. But, like, Forrest's entire character from day one is just, like, jilted ex of Riley. Even when he's... Even when Riley is courting Buffy, he's like, oh, well, she is mattressable, which is not a thing a, a human being has ever said, unless you're <laughs> really upset that your ex-boyfriend is dating a woman now. <laughs> Truly. Like, it's, yeah, it's like Forrest. So Riley and Buffy, Buffy's body had sex, and Forrest is mad that he wasn't Buffy's body, and Faith is mad <laughs> that Riley wasn't Buffy's body. <laughs> A lot of complicated this rabbit feelings. hole. This rabbit hole would even scare Anya. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um. So I, I do love that Faith. I, so because I think Faith, which I have issues then with the Angel episodes, but I love that Faith does go to do the right thing. Um, I want to know your issues with the Angel episodes. Well, because my issue is that she goes to do the right thing, and this feels like her turning point. But then right. immediately in Angel, which is the next episode that takes place right after this, she goes back it, to... What, what was there a break? Because there's like, uh, this is, it was in February, I believe, and then the Angel episodes are in April. So there was some time. Right, well, yeah. So, but even so, like, it feels like this is supposed to be her character's turning point. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it feels like, nope, it wasn't. Like, Well, I think the, the turning that, point like, after that is when she's beating the crap out of herself. And she realized what she's done, and she's at that point where, like, okay, I, I really just want to end it all now. Because there's, right. no, there's no turning back from this moment. But, so, okay, yeah, so that's what feel, I don't know, for me that, like, she wants, she does, like, she's, like, you know, destructive, um, but then her, like, she tortures Wesley, like, she, like, and she seems to enjoy it when she captures Wesley in the Angel episode, so, like, those are the only, like, for me, conflicting where I'm like, ah, but why did they have to do that? Because I love but, the I love the end of this episode. Um, she says she enjoys it, but at the same time, like, I, I pointed out earlier, like, she looks like absolute shit, and then Angel tells her, like, you look terrible. For, for something you, you claim to be enjoying, True, you yeah. don't actually look like you're enjoying anything. And they, like, play and, it And, up. of course, she, she tries to get him to kill her, so. I really think that she goes back to the church, and I think it's also significant that it happens in a church, and I think we should talk about that, because the, the show is trying to say something about religion and shit like that, but um, it she's going back because she feels like she is Buffy, like she has to play the role of the Sunnydale Slayer who's supposed to be there to save the day, and I think that she is feeling that. But also, Latoya, to answer what you were saying before about if there's distance between when this happened on Buffy and the other thing happened on Angel because of February to April. Mm -hmm. Um, I think logistically back in the old days of television. Oh, the old days of television? (laughs) In the old days of watching watching TV like one episode a week. um, 
February was Sleeps Month, and so they had all new episodes, and then they would take a break during March and come back in April. I'm sorry, they're called fresh episodes when you're talking about the WV. Please <laughs> use the appropriate nomenclature. <laughs> yes, Matt. <laughs> There's two sleeps periods, November and February. Okay, yeah, yeah. I see that, I see that. But so, yeah, I, I think the fight in the church is pretty great. Um, I, I They were trying There's to a- say something about Riley, I mean, and Faith even... Riley not thinking Buffy can take on three vampires is the joke of the episode. Right, like... Honestly, I fucking howled. Like, he, like there's three vampires. How are you going to do it? It's like, bitch, I feel a snake monster. What is wrong with you? Uh, by the season two premiere. Like, what are you talking about, yeah. dude? Like, only early <laughs> season one three with vampires that. vampires in your entire life doesn't mean I need you to infantilize me. <laughs> um, He's so problematic. I hate him so much. But, like, like and I... Cordelia can kill one vampire. I think Buffy can take three. <laughs> I went into rewatching these episodes. Like I, in general, I just find Riley boring. It's been a while since I've had to like, or decided to rewatch an episode with him, and I just felt myself like getting so angry because again, I've been listening to a lot of Buffy podcasts lately, and there's a lot, been a lot of Xander hatred, which I can understand to an extent. But like the fact that no one ever gives Riley as much crap for his patriarchal shit. It, it really just drove me up the wall, especially for these episodes. And they don't they don't make a joke out of it, which but yet no one addresses it. That's true. At least with th- that's that's the one. I mean, I don't hate Xander as much as like a lot of people do, but I mean, I do think he's a problem. But it, at times, I do think the show is aware that he's a problem and does make it a joke. Like I he feel like poorly a lot, like kind of like how Chandler Bing ages poorly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I have to say, Otoya, you mentioned that you got teary eyed when she watches the mayor's video to her. I get teary eyed when she's punching herself. Understandable for me. That's like really emotional. Um, it's kind of on par, actually, with the angel episode where she's like telling him to kill her. Like yeah. both those faith breakdowns really work for me, and like definitely give me like make me a little misty eyed. I just want everything to work out for her. I want her to fix her issues. And she does, so we're good. Yeah, she does, yeah. I, I do have to say, like, you know, going back and watching the show, I, I found Faith to be a little bit of a problematic character because it's like she's the only one that's sex positive, but also, like, we don't quite know how old she's supposed to be. And it's like... To, I always assume she's supposed to be younger than Buffy, too. See, which is... that's what we thought, too, but someone pointed out Right, Matthew? Didn't someone point out to us, one of our guests, that, like, actually she's a year or two older? I don't remember that. There's, like, one specific episode where they, like, specifically say how she's not in high school anymore. Well, she dropped out, but... Yeah, I think she's only not... She said that in her first episode. But she dropped out. But I think it's like, oh, I dropped out, and she had dropped out, like, a while ago? But, like, it was... I don't know. Someone, (laughs) Someone, one of our guests did tell us there's a throwaway line that implies that she might be older. But, like, for me, it's, like, a little bit of a problem as, like, you know, a sexed-up teen character written by men. But, like, I do feel for Faith. And, like, I do want it to work out. And I am glad that, you know, I always was glad that she did come back in Season 7. So I thought that was a really important closure for her character to Mm -hmm. be, like, oh, for my arc, look, now I'm here and I'm helping you literally save the world. Like, Although I have problems with that just because like, season seven in general, I think kind of a mess. And also, I it's I feel like Angel's a necessary show because basically the way that Angel approaches certain situations, you needed that show to get Faith her redemption in a way that they could never have done on Buffy yeah. because of the way 
they can be kind of black and white, especially with the faith character. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I always say that like, while Angel isn't, I, I, I love Angel. I do love the show. I don't think Angel is the most dynamic character, but I think, and eventually they get there where they have an ensemble cast and I just, I do like everything, you know, and I think Cordelia's great. Um, I think Cordelia has one of the best arcs in a, on either of the shows and it's yep. across two shows. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think Faith really works on Angel and I think it's because Angel has a more, like the show in general, not the character. Mm-hmm. Angel has a more yes. adult approach, approach on these things. Yes, everything is shades of messy, messy, messy gray there that yes. it, it never really gets in Buffy, even when they are shades of gray. I mean, it's, it's not like Buffy is charmed levels in black and white right. with situations. Which was which why we love it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think, yeah, I think there's, like, of course there are some episodes where they do, like, in the, there's, like, the the Riley-Adam two-parter episode when Riley goes to the bar and he, like, puts a gun up to, like, this older woman and he's talking about how he doesn't know she's a demon and Buffy's kind of like, hey, like, fucking stop. Like, you're not gonna, like, shoot this maybe demon just because they're a demon. Um that's like one of the few times Buffy does like they do get there sometimes, but angels a lot better. I think at saying that like, Oh, these demons can sometimes be like harmless, like not doing anything. Um, just drinking their big gulps in the sewers. Yeah. Like, um, but yeah, so I do really like the end of this episode. And I, I have to say, I do love bait. Now I keep, I keep getting Buffy as faith meeting Tara Giles when he has to distract them for the police and he's like tiny oh my god tiny, tiny flail the flailing arms <laughs> so bad it's amazing yeah because I like when Giles has to be flustered or when he like is bad at something because it doesn't happen often um and he is bad at improv yeah and it's kind of like endearing um yeah I don't know I I think the end is pretty emotional I like it um it's a little... I, it's one of the only things where I think maybe, like... I understand why Buffy's upset, but it feels like she's a little unfair to Riley, doesn't it? Well, no. <laughs> Again, I'm going to just sit on Riley. Um, so, <laughs> she realizes you slept with her, and he's like, no, I slept with you. It's like, And he's like, I don't understand how this happened. But we did not understand magic, Riley. He just... He doesn't <laughs> understand so many things, despite the fact he works... or who worked with demons and, like, magic stuff... I don't have time for people who don't understand anything. Well, here's something I don't understand. (laughs) No, actually, one thing I want to bring up is, like, this is really weird because in this church scene, like, Riley, you know, like, the cop is like, oh, I've been told to, like, defer to you. And, like, it's one of those moments where we see the initiative, like, interfering in a real-world issue. And at this point, I'm kind of like, wait a minute, did the... did the initiative know about the mayor? Were they going to try and stop the ascension at all? Like, I'm kind of thinking about, like, where was the initiative the whole time yeah, when... It has more to do with magic, and again, he doesn't understand magic, because he doesn't understand shit. Right. They just understand, like, oh, there's there's a hostage situation. But I do think, like, I mean, because the police and everyone, like, as we know, knew about the mayor, and knew that, like, you know, all this, that the mayor was, like, weird. So was the mayor on anyone's radar? I just want to know these things. It just makes me wonder, like, what would the initiative, if they could have lasted, what would they have done, try to do with Glory? Right. Oh my god. It amuses me to think about how much they would fail on that front. <laughs> I would have loved Maggie to have lived long enough, like, even outlasted season four and gone into hiding and then, like, I don't know, 
Glory maybe kills Maggie instead. <laughs> <laughs> well, like I think I think Glory would have absolutely decimated the initiative. Like that's that should have been the way to end them. That would I think that would have been a really cool way to end it. Like Glory's annoyed that they're sending army people, so she like kills all the army guys and then just like zooms over the initiative and like smashes a shit out of all of it. And Riley sees it for the first time and says, "Who's this gal?" And then she like. <laughs> Cuts his head off. <laughs> <laughs> Who's this gal? <laughs> um, also, it's. I thought we should point out they're definitely trying to say something, but Riley was there because he was on his way to church. Yes. <sighs> well, he always was. I think he was always pretty out, out, upfront about the fact that he was like a pretty traditional guy. Yeah. Yeah. Really. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, Latoya? <laughs> Dana. I feel like I feel like you're picking on me today. Dana, Latoya has treated you the way Matthew treats me in every episode of this podcast. <laughs> That's how Latoya shows her affection because I remember still this day, this one time I tweeted about, I was rewatching Will and Grace and I tweeted about Deborah Messing's physical comedy and how great it was. And Latoya tweeted me and was like, wow, this hot take, Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> I do recall that. <laughs> and it was I like mean, my favorite tweet that I've ever gotten. <laughs> of someone just being like, yeah, she's deprimenting. She's good at physical comedy. We all know. Wow. <laughs> Congrats for learning about it in 2017. <laughs> uh, um, okay, so are we there? Are we, are we done? Are we going to write our favorite things? Oh, yes. Oh, well, Riley said, uh, well, she had her fun, which, shut up, Riley. And Buffy gives it like a half-assed, yeah, fun. And then we see her in the back of a, a truck, the sadness. And I wish it was Sarah McLaughlin playing. <laughs> in my brain, it is, even though I just watched this episode, like before we started recording. Okay, so favorite outfit, Matthew. So there's not as many great outfits in this episode. Like there's a very steep drop in outfit amazingness from last episode to this one. I will say that. Yes. Um, But I'm going to go with, uh, actually, I don't know. I guess I'm just going to go with Buffy's initial outfit where she, where it's Faith dressed up as Buffy with the wet hair and the leather and everything. Um, yeah, that's, that's going to be my favorite. Um, Latoya? I'm going to go with Giles' sweater, especially as he's flailing about trying to get, get, uh, Buffy into the church, pretty much. <laughs> just the way... It's a, it's a pretty baggy sweater, and when he is waving his arms about, it's pretty fun to watch. All right. Dana? Uh, mine is the red towel that Faith slash Buffy wears. <laughs> I don't think the towel counts, but okay. <laughs> it counts in my world, Latoya. It counts in my Obviously. world. <laughs> um, and favorite scene, Dana? Uh, I'm going to go for the lesbian Wiccan uh, intimate scene or the scissoring spell. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Toya? Any scene that has balls in it. <laughs> uh, Just kidding. Yeah. Obviously, that's not true. <laughs> I'm going to go with uh, this, the group scene with Poetic Justice and wet works and all that. That's that's actually my favorite scene. Matthew? I am, you know, yours. <laughs> Uh-oh. Um, <laughs> my, 
my favorite scene is Faith in Buffy's body beating up Buffy and Faith's body because it makes me gives me some feelings. Um, so I feel like we've already covered what would Dawn be doing because she would have been doing the same thing she was in last episode. She would have been in the beginning at home with Joyce. So instead, so that never untied her from the basement where I I believe Faith left her. She <laughs> forgot she was down there. <laughs> She's trying to get out, get out, get out, but they wouldn't let her. <laughs> Who do we think did the best as playing the other character, SMG or Eliza? Matthew? I think that Sarah Michelle Gellar as Faith is some of her best acting in the entire series. <gasps> I just clutched my pearls. Um, <laughs> Even when she does the Boston accent? <laughs> Listen, every great performance has its moment that's not as great, okay? She's trying to dance his face, too. Don't forget that. Um, Latoya. <laughs> uh, well, the, the popular opinion is that this is a, a highlight for Sarah Michelle Gellar, as, as Matthew stated. And also, you know, I, I also felt that way back in the day. But over the years, I've seen that Eliza Dushku as Buffy is pretty, pretty understated, even though she doesn't have as much to do, what she does do, she does it very well. Yeah, I think so too. Um, Dana? I think that Eliza really, really shines in this episode when she gets a chance to actually speak. Um, so this <laughs> is one of my favorite, ep- this is definitely my favorite Faith episode. Oh, okay. Um, wow. Hmm, that's, a, that's a bold statement. Um, I think, honestly, yeah, I wish Eliza had gotten more to do as Buffy because... I think she picks up, like, Buffy's speech and the way she would say the words. I think, yeah, I I don't, and I, for me, sometimes Sarah falls a little flat trying, it feels like she's trying too hard to be, like, the way they describe Faith, as, like, oh, she's, like, a sexed up, blah, 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 like, it feels like she's doing a parody of that, um, so it doesn't always work for me, but I think Sarah, I do think Sarah's a great actor, um, and I think that I, I would disagree with you, Matthew. This is not her best. She does a lot of great work, but this is not her best. Um, what do we all grade the episode, Dana? I said a month best, but okay. Oh, Lord. <laughs> uh, Dana grades this an A-. minus. All right. Latoya? Well, see, I, you did an A-plus out of nowhere last episode, which really <laughs> threw me. So I'm going to go back and give that episode an A. I'm going to give them both A's, and then together they would make an A-plus, but only together. Only together. Matthew? I gave the last episode a B plus, and I'm going to give this one an A minus. All right, so I gave last one an A plus. I'm going to give this one a B plus. Um, wow, I know. That, that's a shift. I do think I prefer the, the first part of the of the two part. It's only the because A plus, but it's only because for me, Sarah falls the, the the faith as Buffy falls a little flat. But overall, I think I would give the two of them an A. Um, I feel like that's kind of the average we're all giving them, right? Like if we grade mm-hmm. them together. Yeah. Very good. All right. Um, and if thank you guys for being on. Thanks, everyone, Thanks for, for having me. listening. Um, if you want to follow us on Twitter, we are at SlayerFestX98. If you want to follow Matthew on Twitter, he is at Matthew Rodriguez, one T, a G, and a Z. And if you want to follow Ian, he's at Ian X Carlos. And uh, Dana, where can people follow you? Uh, you can follow me at Dana Pickley on Twitter. That's two C's, one L. And I also host the official Clexicon podcast, and that is on iTunes and Podbean. It's called Unconventional. Ooh, nice. Yeah. 
and Latoya. You can find me on Twitter at Lafergs, L-A-F-E-R-G-S. And I host a podcast called The Televoid about bad TV, but it's kind of morphed into just amazing TV that everyone should have watched. So I have a Smallville podcast coming up called the Somebody Save Us podcast. So be on the lookout for that. Oh, nice. All right, guys. Thanks for being on, and we'll see everyone next week. Bye.